Here we go. Episode 47 of the Hardline Sports Talk. I am Michael Merlo, joined by John Michael Masiri. JM, how are we doing tonight? I am doing great. Uh, got some finals done. Schoolwork starting to, to, to settle down a little bit. Thank got God. one more test to go, and then uh, Christmas break. I'm out, I'm out in a week. Done in a yeah. week from today. Well, Tuesday, we so go. a week from... You know, I'm excited, very excited. There's a lot to get to, a ton to get to, and three different sports today. We got a little basketball for you. We're going to do a list of first baseman top 10. Very excited about that. And, of course, the NFL, which gets crazier and crazier each week. And they added a week. And they added a playoff team last year. So, you know, it's it's just it's more stress for uh, people to handle. Have you seen the Christmas games? I looked at them today, and – for some reason, I thought Christmas is on a Sunday this year. I don't know why, but I was just like assuming it was on a Sunday. It's on a Saturday or Friday, not? It's right? on a Saturday. Yeah. Uh, Browns Packers four thirty. Right. And that, okay. You know, preseason. That's that's a hell of a game. It'll still be a good game, but Browns, eh, whatever. I'm not crazy about them. Um, but then Colts Cardinals at night. I like that. Oh, I like that. Yeah. That's a good game right there. I didn't look at the Christmas games yet. I actually, I was looking at the Saturday games for this week. We got Saturday games this Saturday. Yep. We got Raiders Browns and Pat's Colts. Yeah. So, but that Colts Cardinals game is very interesting. I like Pat's Colts this weekend too. That's a good game. It's a very good game. We'll, we'll get to that in a minute. I do want to start with the NFC because the NFC, like we said, you know, before we even started, it's the story right now. You got the elite teams in the NFC and, you know, wherever we want to start, you go Packers, Cardinals, Cowboys, Bucks, Rams are, you know, all great storylines. But uh, where do you want to go? Let's go Cardinals because they did play the Monday night game on Monday night. And they did lose to the Los Angeles Rams, which was a big win for the Rams. I think it meant more to the Rams because of just what they've been dealing with. I mean, they're dealing with a bunch of COVID issues right now. And even before the game, they lost Ramsey before the game. But, you know, there was a lot of people saying they're frauds. They're frauds, including myself. Mm -hmm. I wasn't really a believer in them. They haven't beaten anybody good. And they go to Arizona and beat at the time the number one seed in the NFC. And then they looked really good last night. Yeah, I um the the Rams looked really good last night. The Cardinals, I gotta say, I'm not just this isn't an overreaction from the game against the Rams. I mean, the Rams are a hell of a team. Cardinals didn't play their best football. I don't think this Cardinals team gets past the divisional round, if not the the wild card round, depending on the seeding this year. I, I they're 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 a very good team. I'm not meaning to put them down at all, but the NFC is loaded, and I just think the Cardinals are going to fall short a little bit when it comes to experience. They got Cliff Kingsbury. They got a young quarterback. And I, I just see them maybe fizzling off a little bit and that, that spark not really shining anymore. Um, I could see, I've, I'll tell you right off the bat, we're going to come out with our uh, NFL power rankings later in the week. I'm – I'll tell you right now, I won't have them in the top two for sure. I'll have the Packers and the Bucks over them easily and then sort it out with many other AFC teams or whatnot. But I, the Cardinals, they might still win this division. They're 10 and three. The Bucks are not, I mean, the Rams are nine and four. Um, but I think I like the Rams better to make a little more noise in the postseason than I do the Cardinals. Yeah, it's weird because nobody was believing in the Cardinals, but they had a, a few impressive wins, especially with their starting quarterback out. They even won a game without their head coach and, and a couple of other coaches when they went to Cleveland. So they've been impressive, but yeah, 
I, I don't I don't buy him as much, and I don't know why. It might just be because I don't know enough about him. You know, right. I, I think the, the they experience are, has something team. to do with it. Yeah, they're a new team, exactly. A lot of Cliff, new faces. And Cliff Kingsbury has done a fantastic job. I mean, you can't even you can't put him down at all for what he's done. But you, you might be right about that. The inexperience might be able to keep him out here. What's concerning, they have a I believe they're three and three at home now, and they have like eleven turnovers or something like that this year. They're not they're, yeah, they're, they're not good at home. They're seven and oh on the road, which is like if you're a good road team, you're like, Oh, that's great, but not when you're a bad or mediocre home team. So they're most likely gonna have a couple home games in the playoffs. Um, and if you're not playing well at home, then that's not good. So what is it? So it's two verse seven, three verse six, four, four verse five. five, and then it's one versus the worst team. Right. All right. Yeah, they. I mean, right now they're the two seed, right? They they yeah. lost to the Packers. They're playing so Washington right now, which I think they would win that game. That's why I said I think they get to the divisional round. Maybe the wild like they don't get past maybe the wild card round. It depends on who they play. If I'll tell you, if they were the four seed. And they were playing – who's the five seed right now? New Orleans? Right now it would be the Rams. Oh, the Rams. Right. There you go. The Rams, I think they win that game. J.J. Watt's out for the year, right? Yep. And DeAndre Hopkins has always really been injured. He's injured. You know, he's banged up all the time. He's banged up this year. Kyler Murray's been banged up. Their offensive line isn't some – you know, isn't great – yeah, you know, it wouldn't shock me that they, they do get to the they do get to the other team's quarterback though, which is impressive. But th- there's nothing that they do where you're like, wow, they are just the best at this. I mean, they got an ultra talented quarterback, obviously Kyler Murray, but and I'm you know me, I'm the biggest Kyler Murray fan yeah. out there. But I, I'm with you here that they don't really they don't do it for me in the playoffs. But the Rams, they do because you see the talent. You see the talent with Matt Stafford when he's on. And, I, you know, it felt like Matt Stafford was in a little bit of a funk the past, you know, month and a half, really, before the Jacksonville game. For about a month, month and a half, he was not playing well. He's been banged up, they say. But, I don't, you know, I don't buy that. If he's not on the injury report, then he's not banged up. Um, But, yeah, I, mean- I, I think the Rams here – Give me more. Their offensive line's playing a little better. They can run the ball. They've got weapons all over the place. They've probably got the one or two best receiver in football this season. You know, it's not I even close. Say, I mean, that guy is so talented. Oh, Cooper Cup's amazing, but OBJ, like maybe, maybe he was right uh, when we were talking about Baker and all that drama with you know his dad blaming Baker Mayfield or whatever. He's looked pretty damn good since he's gotten to LA. I mean, he scored three touchdowns in three straight games. Had over 50, 60 yards, whatever he had on Monday night. Uh, he's he's looked pretty good. You know, both things can be true, right? But like maybe he was not playing his best in Cleveland right. and he was dealing with injuries, but also the quarterback play wasn't yeah. as great. And maybe the system wasn't right for him. Yep. You know, with Sean McVay, you know, receivers, you know, he gets his receivers involved, he gets everybody involved. And look at Van Jefferson, he's been great. And you know, maybe or maybe OBJ was right. I don't know. I'm ha- you know I'm happy for OBJ. I see I, that last night. Yeah. Little smile on my face. Good, good for him. Yeah, he, he did nothing wrong to me. I'm trying to as see a diehard Giants fan. It's so hard to find stats for offensive linemen. Um, you know, because I don't have a Pro Football Focus subscription or whatever. But I was trying oh, to really? see what's going on with the Cardinals' offensive line because it didn't. 
I mean, listen, anytime you're going up against that front seven of L.A., it's going to be a, a tough game for you. But Kyler Murray was running around for his life, especially in the second half yesterday, which which is a concern because you brought up the Bucks, And, you know, we talk about the Packers and even the Rams. Those teams have, especially the Bucs, the Bucs are a prime example of having a very good offensive line, a very good defensive line, especially the offensive line. And, you know, that's going to get you far in the playoffs. The Packers, their offensive line has been a little banged up. But even even with the injuries, it's been pretty good. Playing, staying up. They're expecting to get Bakhtiari back. Unfortunately, uh, Elton Jenkins is out for the year. Um, And then, you know, L.A., we we know uh, they got a couple good guys there on that offensive line. Then that front seven is uh, dynamite. So, I don't – I know the Cardinals have a good D-line and everything, but – it concerns you with that offensive line because Kyler Murray seems to get very frantic and starts running around. And he has the ability, obviously, of the escape ability, but you want to keep your quarterback in a clean pocket and give him time to throw. And if you can't do that, then you're not going very far. Mobile guys like that, too, they can create their own pressure as well. What I mean by that is maybe they're rolling out and they roll out the wrong way. And that's not the way the offensive lineman was blocking. And then they get, you know, credited for you know, the sack when it really wasn't their fault. Yeah. Kyle Murray is like that. You you take that, though, because of how athletic and his escapability, you take that risk. But you're right. You know, I, we say it all the time. Football is pretty simple. You have a good offensive line. You have a good defensive line. You're most likely going far. And all these teams that we talk about, the elite teams right now we're talking about, I mean, Dallas, um, Tampa Bay, you know, the the Rams, the Packers all do that. Yep. Very well, especially – well, I'll, I'll save it when we get to the Cowboys because they were very impressive on Sunday. Yeah. But um, you're 100% right. And then the Rams have – we know the Rams have the weapons. They 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 built the team the right way. Leonard Floyd had two picks yesterday, right? Yeah. And he's well. been playing well. He's yeah. been a beast for them. They just gave him a big contract. He's been good for them. So um, the Giants wanted him badly. But he ended up staying there. I remember that. They also wanted him in the from draft. Chicago, but... He came from the Bears, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's been very good. All right, let's let's um let's move over to the Cowboys. I teased it for like two seconds ago. Yeah, nice. Because the Cowboys, to me, are impressive for one reason right now, and a reason that nobody really expected. I don't think coming into the year, and that's their defensive line. Yeah. Um. Yesterday was the first time since week one that Dexter Lawrence, not De- I always do that, Demarcus Lawrence, Lawrence. Um, Micah Parsons, and Randy Gregory all played at the same time. And did you see what they was, did to Taylor Heineke and the Washington football team? That was pretty scary. I mean, he took a beating. And somebody else, one of their defensive tackles, too, they got healthy all over the defensive line. Mm-hmm. Randy Gregory, who has been underrated, he's been underrated a little bit. He's been great. He's been effective for them. Um, DeMar- Demarcus Lawrence has been a very good pass rusher for a while. And Micah Parsons, I'm I, I'm not going to – I don't want to believe in this hype, but I am. I think he's the defensive player of the year. I, you know, I think he definitely deserves his name thrown in the conversation. I don't think he is personally. I think it's either TJ Watt or Miles Garrett. But yeah, he is no doubt defensive player of the year, unanimous, easy. Rookie of the year. That. Defensive rookie of the year. Yeah. Um, but I'll tell you, Jerry Jones hit on that draft pick and Micah Parsons, who was somebody I didn't really know about, uh, to be honest, coming into the year. He sat out last year, um, 
I, I, he came into the draft as a linebacker. You know, when you hear that, I usually think he's a, you know, a Mike will linebacker, whatever he is, right. but he's a hell of a pass rusher. I mean, what does he have? 12 and a half sacks, something like that. He has 12 um, sacks and he's ranked um, 99th in total rushes. Yeah. And he is all just beating up the offensive linemen week after week, making big plays, forcing fumbles, whatever. Um, so yeah, I don't, I, I wouldn't say he's the defensive player of the year, but he definitely deserves to be in the conversation. I don't know if you remember, but I, I was like, I picked him. Like I, I loved him. He was my guy in this draft, Yeah, but I didn't, you're, I was, um, with you with one thing. I didn't know how his, and I knew he rushed the passer a little bit. Not, I didn't think this much right. or this effectively, but I didn't know if his size would be able to translate to the NFL game. And yep. it, Obviously, everybody was wrong if you thought differently. He has been phenomenal. He's so quick. He's so strong. And one of my friends that's a Cowboys fan, you know how Cowboy fans are. They like to overreact things. And he said to me, he goes, I think you guys passed on the next LT. Oh, my God. And you watch him week to week, and you're like, please don't let this be true. God, please don't let this be true. But every week goes by, this guy is more dominant. I mean, if he played, if he rushed the passer, if he just rushed the passer, he would have about 20 sacks right now. Yeah. And if he (laughs) just played linebacker, he'd be unbelievable. Mm -hmm. He almost had an an interception in that game, too. He's a stud. He's just like a freak athlete, can play any position. He has, like, positional flexibility, too. I'm sure if you put him in freaking safety he could probably do a pretty good job i think you i think that he could be better than jamal adams i don't know about you yeah uh, then i think i could be better than jamal adams at this point oh yeah um <laughs> yeah i was just looking at the numbers i mean tj watt i think the only thing that might hurt him is you know he hasn't played enough games he missed two games or whatever but got he hurt leads last the, week he leads the nfl in sacks like yeah which is, I to me, that makes it even more impressive. that This guy leads the NFL in sacks, and he missed two and a half games. So, And Miles Garrett's been fantastic. Nick yeah. Bosa's not talked about enough. He's yep. been fantastic, He had a too. hell of a game the other day, Nick Bosa. He is so good. And Joey Bosa, you know, I, I think your brother was telling me, Joey Bosa's having a great year, too, and that even flew right over my head. I didn't even see that. How about the genes in that family? Oh, my God. Imagine that. Pretty good, yeah. Their job is just to pressure the quarterback like just mm-hmm. sack the quarterback yep. imagine that imagine getting paid 20 million dollars a year just to play um kill the carrier it's pretty nice uh, nice lifestyle except yeah. the cte really doesn't help uh, but um wow well blow. just one more thing with 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 the cowboys and everybody likes to rip on the cowboys including me sometimes i'm a giants fan i have to but the way this team is drafted is pretty insane I mean, they drafted Gallup, they drafted CeeDee Lamb, they drafted Dak, they drafted Zeke. I don't think the pick was the right one, but he's been great for them. They drafted that whole entire offensive line, including taking Zach Martin. I forget. Who did they take Zach Martin over? Who did everybody want them to take that year? Was that the Manziel year? Yeah. Everybody wanted them to take Manziel, and they did not. They took Zach Martin. What a pick. Um, who else have they drafted? They drafted Gregory, correct, out of Nebraska. Yeah, Lyle Collins. Did you, I don't know if you said him. 
Lyle Collins. I just said the whole offensive line because yeah. that's how impressive they've been drafting that offensive line. They drafted uh, Micah Parsons, obviously, Demarcus Lawrence. So, you know, Trayvon Diggs in the second round. So everybody well, likes to rip mention- on the Cowboys. You said Dak, right? Yes. Yeah. Everybody well, likes to rip on the Cowboys. They've done a fantastic job drafting building through the draft. Everybody likes to rip on Jerry Jones too. And you know, yeah. who's who's the one making those calling those shots? Him and his son. So um they've done a fantastic job. They have. Uh yeah, I mean we can praise them all we want, and I think they deserve the praise. However, uh you know, this team's had a little bit of a window. It closed the past couple of years. It's open again. Um, and they've, they've got to, they got to win a championship these next couple of years because, you know, nobody's getting younger and they have studs all over the field. Like you just mentioned, we've talked about in the NFL, it's not hard to win. You've got to have to start with these two things. Good D line, good O line. They have that. They might they have, have that right now. The best on each side of the ball, literally. Um, yeah. it's, the offensive line, I'd say, is the best. The defensive line, you know, there, there's getting there. Some, it's it. They're they're in the conversation, um, but you know, you, you could the quarterback be built, hasn't played well. You could be built great on paper, but you need to perform. And yeah, you're right. Dax had a past couple of weeks had a rough go of it, and you know he's got to clean that up. And I think he will. I think Dax's a very talented quarterback, but. This team season is going to come down to a couple of things. It's going to come down to Dak Prescott. It's going to, of course, come down to health, just like any other team. And it's going to come down to coaching. And, you know, uh, we've... I don't love the coach. Me and you have been pretty critical of Mike McCarthy. I'm still critical of him. Um, you know, when, when we talk about coordinators, I like Kellen Moore. I think he's done a good job there. But at the end of the day, your head coach is the guy calling the shots, calling the timeouts, throwing the challenge flag, whatever. And Mike McCarthy, his game, his decisions in games, I haven't agreed with. Um, I don't, I don't know. I'm, I imagine he's a pretty good motivator because that team's doing pretty good. But you know, I'm not in the locker room. But Mike McCarthy's going to have a big say in the way this team season goes. Yeah, I agree with you. And the Cowboys should do whatever they can to keep Kellen Moore in that locker room because he's been impressive since he's taken over play calling, and we could see it. Zeke's playing banged up a little bit. Uh, Pollard's hurt, but he should be back by next week. So they're fine running the ball. This is a, this is a good team. Let's see how the quarterback plays. And obviously, like you said, the health, um, let's move over to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who had a almost, almost blew a huge lead against the bills. And we'll talk about the bills in a minute, but just w- stay with the bucks here. They win the game in overtime for Shaw Perryman, the game winning touchdown from Tom Brady, um, Listen, I am on the side of Tom Brady is the MVP. I think you disagree there. I think he is. And I think this is the team that represents the NFC in the Super Bowl. I actually don't disagree with you. I do think Tom Brady is really? the MVP right now. Um, I think Aaron Rodgers, maybe if he played that that game when he missed because of COVID and had a good game, you know, maybe it's a different discussion, but mm-hmm. um, you know, Brady leads the league in, in passing touchdowns and passing yards and his, his passer ratings only two points lower than Rogers. So I'd give it to Brady right now. Um, yeah. I got, you know, I, I'm not the biggest bucks guy. Cause every, you know, I'm a, I'm a Jets fan my whole life. I've always hated Tom Brady. I respect the hell out of the guy, but I've just always hated him. And uh, sure. you know, I like to I like to see new things in sports too. I don't like to see the same guy in the Super Bowl every single year. Um, so I hope the Packers make it. 
I mean, obviously there's other teams out there besides the Bucs and the Packers that can make the Super Bowl out of the NFC, but I hope the Packers make it. Um, the Bucs are certainly going to make a strong case for it. I mean, they, they, they look like the Bucs of last year. Not really a lot of flaws around anywhere. Um, at certain points, it looks like they could score at will. And that defense, it's pretty freaking good. So Playing better. Getting healthier. Better. Um, that game on Sunday with the Bills, you know, I think if I was a Buffalo Bills fan, I'd be pretty pissed off still. I think they got mm. robbed a little bit. That first down oh, yeah. call. The first down call in overtime, uh, that was brutal. Looked like Leonard Fournette was definitely short. Um, And then the non-pass interference on Stephon Diggs. There were a couple of holding slash pass interference on Stephon Diggs that were not called. Yeah. I got a problem with him, though, because he all that guy does is look for the flag. He doesn't even look for the ball. Right. He looks for the flag. I'm all for, you know, letting the, let the, let them play or whatever. Um, but you know, that that's to a certain extent. I mean, he couldn't even turn around. He was restricted by the corner, but you know, we're not here to debate what would have happened if this penalty was thrown or whatever. Um, I think the bucks are legit. I mean, I don't think anybody's saying they're not, I think the bills, I know we're talking about the NFC right now, but I, I think the bills are getting a little bit of a bad rap. Now people, that's like the easy take to say, Oh, Buffalo's in trouble. They're seven and six. They lost whatever the bills are going to be fine. They're going to make the playoffs. I think they're still a top three, maybe two team in the AFC. Um, yeah, I put the top three or two on. I have to, I have to figure out when I do my power rankings, but um, I think the bills are going to be fine. Josh Allen played really well on Sunday. I have confidence in Sean McDermott. There's some things that need to be cleaned up offensive line. They still cannot get that running game going still. Um, the thing that's concerning to me is the offensive line. Not only can they not run the ball, but they're having a hard time protecting protecting Allen. Yeah. I also heard a couple of things from a couple of people beginning in this week, you know, said to me about the owners of the Bills being impatient with Sean McDermott if they don't make the playoffs and firing him. Oh, and I, I, I can't even – I don't even – I cannot even waste my breath yeah. on people like that that would be that impatient with one of the better young head coaches in all that of would football. be just so like reactionary weird. yeah and like an ungrateful i know that's yeah. like a weird word to use but it really is the bills were one of the most the biggest laughing stocks in the nfl had to make the playoffs in 20 years this guy comes here you get a franchise quarterback you make the playoffs you you go to the afc championship game you win the division for the first time in 20 freaking years or whatever the hell it was and you're going to, you know, you're getting impatient now that you're not going to get to the Super Bowl and you're going to throw them at the door. I, I hope that's just a stupid rumor that somebody made up. But uh, if that did come from the Bills, the you know, even if it's just a rumor it, or, or a, a, a threat by the Bills, you should the even, fact that people would you shouldn't be making that. threats. Exactly. The fact that that would even be in the in the universe even said is unbelievable. Yeah. Um, the thing with the Bills for me, again, like I said, is the offensive line. Mm-hmm. You know, usually when teams drop off like this, you know, Colin Coward had said it, you know, you like to buy the stock in them, you know? Right. Like, oh, this is falling. I'm going to take the talented head coach, the talented quarterback, yeah, and the talented offensive players on that team. So I'm with you. I, I'm with you like halfway because they got to play better offensively on the offensive line. They, they have to be better. But in the AFC, you know, it's it's weak. You know, the top teams in, in the AFC are weak. 
so talent wise, I, I feel like they are one of the th- you know three best teams still in, in the AFC. So we'll, we're going to see with them. I got to um, say, at this point, I mean, things change. At this point, I'd be very surprised if an NFC team does not win the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, mean, I think the Chiefs what, are playing very well, but it would, right. yeah, Chiefs, it would shock me right now. The too. Chiefs, I think we're getting to that point where we could say they're back. We might be at that point already. Um, but back. Yeah, but I, I guess if the Chiefs are in it, maybe not, but Who's going to be a favorite in the Super Bowl coming out of the AFC? I'm saying that line for that game, the Super Bowl. I'm, I imagine the NFC team is going to be the favorite unless it's maybe the Chiefs and, you know, uh, let's say the, the Bucks don't make it and it's the Cardinals, you know, Chiefs-Cardinals, sure. Maybe the Chiefs will be favored in that game. But I feel like the favorite's going to be in the NFC no matter what. Yeah, the thing with the Chiefs is that what's different in recent years is that their offensive line, I mean, excuse me, their defense is playing at an incredibly high level. You know, they, they, they've been one of the best defenses for the past two months now Yeah, in the league, which is weird. So you'd be like, Oh, so the chiefs are on top of the world, but they've had their struggles a little bit this year, but now that offense is starting to click again. So they're rounding into form. Um, Mahomes was making Mahomes Mahomes esque plays Mm -hmm. on Sunday against the Raiders. So they, they seem like they're back back and i don't i don't know i think if it was chiefs packers i think the chiefs will be favored by a little bit yeah i think the bucks will be favored no matter what the bucks will be the favorite no matter what yeah bucks versus anybody the bucks will be favored Uh, i think the bucks are going to be like the the third any team they play in the nfc whatever they'll be the favorite they'll be the number one team for vegas or whoever as long as they are not which kind of stinks because I rode them throughout the whole playoffs last year because they were getting points in most games because they were on the road. Yeah. And and, and they weren't the favorite, but I, I ended up taking them. <sighs> That's going to be tough this year because I like to take points. Um, All right, let's talk about the Packers very quickly before we go over to the AFC for a little bit. Um, The Packers beat the Bears. They were down 27 to 21 and a half. 27 points. I, I, we, we spoke about it a little bit privately. Their special teams unit. I mean, come on. Yeah. I mean, are you kidding me? Yeah. It's laughable. It's a problem. You know, you re- that blows over everybody's heads, me included. Some, you know, sometimes we don't really think about special teams so much. You know, it's whatever. We, you, you see a kickoff, you see a punt, whatever. It's not what's going on. But it's important. And there, between the onside kick, the muffed punt that, you know, if it wasn't for that penalty, would have been a muffed punt. The punt return touchdown. The Packers had a, a couple returns where they kick returns where they got to the 40-yard line, the Bears. like The Bears looked like, especially in the first half, they were starting their drives at the 40-yard line or better. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, field position is very important. And if the Packers can't catch punts and kicks and, you know, tackle, tackle people, then... You're in some trouble, but and you know the Packers are banged up. There's no doubt about it. They are banged up, and they're and they're lucky that the injuries and they have depth. They shouldn't say they're lucky. They have a lot of depth. Mm-hmm. So and they they built the team the right way. But we've seen look at the Ravens. They've ran out of depth. So many guys have gotten hurt, and the Packers could get to that point. They can't put themselves at a disadvantage no. because their special team is giving up you know, kick returns and teams are starting at the 40 right. yard line. That cannot happen. I, you know, I, 
I guess if I was to be concerned about a unit, the one that would concern me the least, if it was a problem, would be the special teams. I'd be like, all right, our special teams is bad. That's fixable. So I guess that helps, but you got to fix it. You know, you could could say, oh, good they are, though. Look at how good they are, though. The fact that they are, their offense must be so great and their defense must be so great that they are that bad on special teams and they're still the number one seed in the NFC. We had a football coach. Whenever I think of special teams, I always think of Coach oh Spina. God, we had man. a football coach, every, you know, every before every game in our pregame meetings, he would scream. I mean, he would get us going. He would scream, and he would say, pause, and he would say, "Special teams is one third of the game," and that always stuck with me. It is, it is one yeah. third of the game, and it one is. third of the game right now, the Packers are not good at it. Nope, needs to be fixed. Needs to be fixed. It and you know, it's a problem right. they've had for years. They've, really? The Packers, yeah, they've been – they've had this issue. They've gone through – I think they've fired their special teams coach, coordinator, or whatever. Um, but, no, they've had that problem for a while, and a lot of teams struggle with it. I can tell you as a Jet fan, our special teams unit has been horrible for years. It's actually not horrible this year. We have one of the best returners in the NFL somehow. I voted for him. Um, thank you. Um, but – yeah, a lot of teams struggle with it. I know the 49ers have their special teams problems. So, got to be fixed because it is important. Got to be fixed. It's a third of the game, like we said. Uh, very quickly in the AFC, the Patriots, like we said, they're going to play the Colts at a bye week. I feel like the bye week, I don't know if I said this last time, the bye week later in the season is nice. Yeah. Especially if you're a good team. Right. That must be nice. Now you're like, all right, you know, like the Patriots, we're 9-4. and four off a tough game in Buffalo. We have the division lead three weeks to go refreshed, get as healthy as possible. Now, you know, it's a sprint the rest of the way for the regular season, four more weeks. Um, So they're going to play the Colts who just had a bye as well. That should be a good game. Um, I'm very interested to see what this offense looks like, you know, coming off of the three pass game in Buffalo for Mac Jones. Um, I still like the Pats a lot. Um, and this is going to be a big test against a really good offense. Let's see. Um, one of the linebackers for the Colts actually had said, you know, we're going to test them. You know, we're going to, we want to see Mac Jones throw the ball. We want Mac to beat us. So let's see what happens because maybe they are going to open up the playbook a little bit more for Mac. And if they can stay with good offensive teams, because if they can do that and their defense can play well, they can be, I mean, I don't know how much more they have to prove, but I feel like they could beat anybody. They can. Um, you know, I, I don't know how to assess the Patriots yet. Still, honestly, I still can't put my finger on it. I mean, I know they've been really good and I want to be like, you know, oh, this, I want to buy into the hype. And I think I said it a little last week, uh, you know, this team could go to the Super Bowl and I think they can. But as the weeks go on, the AFC just looks more and more wide open. And I don't know who is going to come out and be that alpha dog team. I think the Chiefs will be it. I mean, you know, I trust Andy Reid and Pat Mahomes, like you said. Trust the good quarterback. Trust the good coach. But the Patriots are definitely a really fundamentally sound team. They're built well all around. Um, I am looking forward to this game on Saturday, like you said. Um, I think the Colts are going to be – make a lot of noise in the playoffs. I think they could – I hope they know, get in. Get the, if the divisional round, maybe even go crazy, get to the AFC Championship. They're, they're a hell of a team. They've been playing really well lately. And you kind of expected that with Indianapolis because 
you know, new coach. I mean, uh, sorry, new quarterback. And, um, you know, you start off with a little bit of a slow start when you bring in a new quarterback. And that's exactly what they did. But ever since then, they've been playing really well. Jonathan Taylor has turned into, you know, Barry Sanders 2.0. Are they the Bucs from last year? Could they be that team? Not saying they go and win the Super Bowl, but can they be that team that gets hot here, wins out, and makes a run in the playoffs? Can they be that? Because I'm trying to pinpoint that. And I right. kind of thought it was the the Bills. They you know they lose a tough game, like, like kind of like the Bucks did against the Chiefs last year at home. The Bucks lost that tough game to the Chiefs and then won out. Can this be like the Colts saying, "Hey"? Let's go. We're making a run at this division. Who's home on, in that game on Saturday? The Colts. Yeah, see, I think the Colts are going to win this game. So do I. Um, I. I actually like the Colts. And you are you might be right. Could they be the Bucs of last year? I mean, listen, not every single year is there a repeat of the same teams and no, how their season goes. So. But, you know, this is why we speculate. It's fun. <laughs> um, you might be right. I mean – I like Frank Reich. I think he's a good coach. Love Frank Carson, Reich. Carson Wentz has been had one of the most underrated seasons of any quarter. I mean, he's not an MVP candidate, but he's had a really good year this year. Um, and they 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 have the offensive line, and they have the defense. They have some really good guys on defense. Um, but I like that take. I like that. I think the Colts could definitely make some noise. And who knows? I kind of don't want the Chiefs to like be good though because i think if they're if you just remove the chiefs from the afc it's a freaking it's insane yeah but you got no like great team right but everybody's like you know you want everybody has those spark whatever like you're just waiting for them to break out like the Bengals. the Bengals are the most annoying team in football i just want to throw that out there right now because i really like the Bengals. like Joe Burrow, Mixon, Jamar Chase. Like, those are some exciting players that they have. But they'll just be great one week, and then they're horrible the next week. So, I'm waiting for the – that's why they're annoying the crap of me. I'm waiting for them to grab on to the division and take it. But they still haven't. I think the Ravens are just going to, like, limp Barely to the hang finish on. line. Um, I think the Bengals will end up winning the division, to be honest with you, because – if you look at the Ravens' remaining schedule, it's brutal. I mean, they got the Packers. They have the Bengals. I think they play one more time. Um, yes. Um, they play the Steelers again. Oh, come on. No, they have another, like, really tough team that I'm drawing a blank on right now. I don't know. But, yeah, uh, the, the Bengals, I talked about them. Um, what was the other AFC team I was just going to bring up? The Titans, who, I don't know, I'm still not crazy about them. But, yeah, if you just took the Chiefs out of it, I think the AFC would just be absolutely absurd. And, you know, the Chiefs are vulnerable. They've showed it this year that they're not they just played well to the Super Bowl. The Ravens uh, play the Rams. Wow, that is brilliant. There you go. Um, can I read this tweet completely off topic? Sure. So Skip Bayless tweets, the best player on the planet was added again tonight in Brooklyn, going assassin in overtime for the COVID rocked nets. Nothing like Kevin Durant. You watch comma Braun question mark. Kevin Durant tweets. I really don't like you. 
<laughs> at Skip Bayless. That is hilarious. That I is love great. that. Skip Bayless is the worst. KD's funny he, on Twitter. He is funny when he's not, you know, going like completely psycho. Yeah, he's pretty good. <laughs> uh, what else do we got here in the NFL? Um, Justin Herbert's a freak. Oh my god, he's amazing. And we were we were talking about it yesterday because we were talking about Zach Wilson. The dream scenario for any team when they draft a quarterback is for their court, rookie quarterback to come out and look like Justin Herbert. Yeah, like that's the guy you want your quarterback to look like. He he's otherworldly. Right, he, he is, is so good. he's he's, going he's to gonna be a problem for a while. He's gonna be the best quarterback in the league one day. I mean, you know, Mahomes is is gonna give him a run for his money on that, and it's gonna be hard for you to take his for Herbert to take Mahomes' title as that. Um, when when Brady and Rodgers are gone. But he's a freaking stud. He is, you know, it must be nice being a Chargers fan. I know they haven't won a Super Bowl in a long time, but, you know, going from Phillip Rivers to Justin Herbert ain't so bad. No. Going from one franchise quarterback to another. Not only a franchise quarterback, but like you said, a guy that most likely is going to be the best, probably one of the two best quarterbacks, at least in the NFL, for a long time to come. Also, very quickly, um, 49ers. Don't sleep on them. They're getting hot. They are. Jimmy G's playing well. The offensive line's great. Jimmy G looked great the other day. He did. And I mean, when you got George Kittle playing the way he, like, like he is, it's unbelievable. He's the best tight end in the better. NFL. He's the and best tight end in the NFL. On, yes, he is. He is. Travis Kelsey is a stud. Mark Andrews is really good. But George Kittle is his run after catch, his catch in traffic is unbelievable. He's maybe the best blocking tight end in the league. He is. He is a stud, that guy. Yeah. So if he's I would healthy, just like to know he's going. I'm scared to know what would George Kittle do if he had Pat Mahomes. You know, <laughs> like oh Kelsey puts up big numbers, but oof, Kittle. Yeah. Might be, might Listen, put more up. Jimmy G playing well, getting hot. Offensive line. I've seen a case being made for Trent Williams to win offensive player of the year. I love it. Give it to him. He's been, I mean, he's the best offensive lineman in football, most football. I think I see something every single day about pro football focus. Just his rating keeps going up and up. He's going to get 99. 99.9 sometime soon. Yeah, he's at 99 (laughs) flat right now, which is insane. Um, Give it to him. I'd vote for him. So would I. Must be nice, you know. Dan, Dan Snyder must feel pretty good that that relationship oh. went well and, you know, yeah. shipped them off. Yeah. Take, take the best, take the best lineman in the game. Yeah. At, at yeah, one of the fine. most important, at one of the most important positions in football, take him. No, for nothing, please. We don't, yeah, we don't need him. Yeah. We got, uh, we got Landon, uh, what the hell is it? We got Eric Flowers. It's fine. You say Landon Collins? Yeah, yeah. Eric Flowers has been good. He's a he is. He actually is. Good. I forget where he is. He's with them or the Dolphins. The Dolphins, one or the other. Um. All right, that's enough football for today. Um. Uh, when we get back, we are going to do our list: the top ten first baseman in baseball, and then a little NBA when we come back after this. The S and Podcast Channel, the perfect channel for any style of podcast. We have all different pop culture style podcasts for all of your listening needs. If you would like to start a podcast, you can reach us at sndpodcast at gmail.com. We are always looking for new podcasts to add to our channel, and the topic could be anything you want. So contact us now. Here we go. The Hardline Sports Talk, episode 47. We are back, and we are going to do our top 10 first baseman in Major League Baseball. I'm going to start off today. 
you started off last time with the catchers. So I'm going to start with the first baseman. Are we ready to go? I'm ready to go. Let her rip. All righty. Let me pull up my little stats here. All right. So my number 10 first baseman, 10th best first baseman in baseball, Yuli Gurriel. Okay. I know a lot of people, I know a lot of people don't like him, but I like him. I'll tell you why. Yuli Gurriel hits for a high average. Now I understand batting average isn't, you know, to some people it means nothing. I still think batting average means something. It's not everything. It's not the first stat you should look at, but it definitely means something. He had 320 last year. Right. He had an 846 OPS. He got on base at a clip of 383. Okay. His WRC plus was 134. This guy's still a good player. You know, right. and I understand he's been overrated a little bit, but I think 10 is a very good spot for him. It might even be a little too low. Again, I understand the batting average doesn't mean as much, but I am, you know, I still, I still like the stat. Right. Well, listen, yeah, batting average. I think it's it's clear that as the years go on now, batting average people don't evaluate as much, and I think rightfully so. But guess what? When your batting average is high, your on base is high. So you know, it's not like it's, it's a good thing. It's not like it's completely useless. You know, nobody's saying that's a common misconception with analytics now. Why people love on base percentage? People think. You know, oh, you don't, nobody cares about singles and you know, whatever. People still care about singles. If you're getting on base, that's great. But the point is people are saying, well, if, if this guy bats 320 and gets on base 35% of the time, 350 on base, but this guy's 250 and he's got a 400 on base, I'll take that guy because a single or a walk, I'm still getting to first base. That's the only reason why people say it. Um, yeah, I have Yuli Gurriel as my 10th best first baseman. There we in go. The MLB, uh, 3.2 F war last year. Like you said, 134 WRC plus 326 X Woba. Um, his numbers were a little inflated last year. I still put him on the list. Batting title, gold glove this year, which didn't really make a lot of sense because the defensive metrics weren't, you know, they weren't bad, but they weren't great either. He won a gold glove. Yeah, gold gloves this year. Um, I didn't even know that. So I have him number 10. Do I think he'll be on this list again after next year? No. Uh, if you look at his hard hit rate and stuff like that, he, he's, he was a little lucky this year. Um, so I think his numbers will go down a little bit. But, you know, luck's a part of baseball. And I think because of the season he had last year, he deserves to be on this list. Yeah, there we go. So that is 10. I will go with my number nine player on this list and that is somebody that burst onto the scene last year and that is jared walsh of the los angeles angels or the anaheim angels uh walsh had an 850 ops um a weighted on base average of 357 that is um woba right yep yep um listen walsh i mean you know about jared walsh uh, he hit that big grand slam against you guys but he just Bursted onto the scene this year. He got off to a torrid start. I mean, he was killing. Yeah, the he was tearing the cover in the, the first ball. couple of months of the season. Slowed down a little bit, but still a very nice year. Um, I was flipping between this guy and somebody else. I ended up putting Walsh nine. I really like Jared Walsh though, and and we'll see. I mean, this is again, this is his first season bursting onto the scene. So so let's see what he's got. He's young. He's a younger guy. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, so, um, let's young. see what happens. I think he could be higher on this list as we go through maybe yeah, next year. Yeah, I like Jared Walsh as a talent. Uh, didn't make my top 10. Um, okay. My number nine is the former Mickey Mouse AL MVP winner, and that is Jose Abreu. I have a number nine. 
2.9 F war last year, 126 WRC plus 348 uh, X Woba. So, you know, I, th- I I put a Brayu on this list from a respect standpoint um, that had a lot to do with it. You know, he's been a really good hitter in the big leagues for a long time now. A uh, little underrated, honestly, as a hitter. You know, you don't really talk about him much, but always had his has his OPS in the 850s and even a little higher. Um, so, Abreu is a little more of a traditionalist player. You know, he's a lot of RBI, stuff like that. Um, but I think him on this spot, at, at this spot, is pretty good. Definitely wouldn't put him anywhere higher. I think if anything, I'd lower him. Uh, didn't have the best year last year. Not bad, though. Like I said, around a three war. Uh, I think that's a pretty good spot for him. I think he's going to regress. He's, he's getting up there in age now. He was old in the first place as a rookie coming over from um, – I forgot where he came from. But, uh, yeah, Jose Abreu. I forget where he came from, too, actually. Cuba. Was it Cuba? I don't remember. It might have been. I remember when I really he came remember. over, though. That was, like, a big deal. He was a big international. Really? Agent. Yeah. I don't remember. Not, that. like, Otani, Tanaka level, but big. All right. 34, he is. He'll start the year he at is. 35. He is up there in age. Right? He didn't make my list. Yuli Gurriel, too. He Yuli, got I, I, knew, I knew Gurriel was. He's older um, than that. Gurriel's, like, 37, 38. Yeah. I, well, I I remember when he came into the league. I remember that was like a big thing. Yeah. He came in at like 31, 32. Yeah. I wanted the Mets to get him really badly. He, he came in as a third baseman too, right? Yeah. 32 years old. Yeah. First full season right. wasn't until 2017. Yeah. Well. All right. Number eight. And I, I have a feeling this is the guy that's higher on your list, the, the one you told me before that's higher on your list than you than probably me. I think you're gonna be right. No. I, I don't I don't see how it's anybody else. CJ Cron Crone. No. Is it? Nope. Wow, really? CJ Cron did not make my list. Then there's somebody that's not on my list. Yeah. Uh see listen, uh CJ Crone. He played for the Colorado Rockies last year, so you know he benefited from uh, Coors Field. But he's been very underrated, you know, for the past, you know, for a while now. I forget, I think seven years or something. He's got like a top five OPS out of all first basemen. Mm-hmm. He um, only had a two point three WAR last year. His defense is not great at all. He had a one twenty seven WRC plus. Um, he had a nine oh five OPS. So listen, I understand the Coors Field thing but he had 28 home runs in 142 games i like crone he deserved to make the list he's underrated and uh, i like him here at eight i was flip-flopping between him and and walsh at eight and nine yeah you know i thought about cj crone for a little bit you know you do have the course field effect the ops plus is 130 pretty good but you know hasn't really have has a great record yeah a track record the last full season before that was 2019 780 ops so uh, I get putting him on the list. Eight's a little high for me. I don't know if I put him that high, but um, yeah, I, I, he didn't make my list. My number eight. Is this the guy? No. Somebody near and dear to your heart. I have Pete Alonzo as the eighth best first baseman in baseball. 3.0 F war last year. 133 WRC plus 376 X Woba. The defense was a little better last year for Pete. Still has a long way to go. 
Um, obviously, when we're talking about raw power, he he's second to a few list of guys in the MLB. Uh, really has great pop in his bat. But, you know, I think you could agree with this. I think Mets fans are waiting for Pete Alonso to really turn into that true great hitter. Um, you know, we're talking – 950 OPS, get that on base up, get the average up a little bit, get the slugging up. Um, so yeah, 863 OPS last year, 134 OPS plus. I think this is a good spot for Pete. Um, you might disagree, but this is where I, that's where I have him. I got him at seven. Um, you know, he had 37 home runs last year. Um, he played hurt for a couple of weeks, got hit in the hand, mm-hmm. and he just didn't tell anybody. And then finally, they were like, he started playing like crap and he and it finally came up he was on the il for about a week um listen he's my favorite offensive player you know mm-hmm. right now for the new york Mets. i love him I, I really do i love him but um you're right you know i'd like to see the ops a little higher the on base uh, he had a 519 uh slugging percentage last year which was pretty good for a while he i mean he was the best he met's best offensive player last year and he for mm-hmm. a while he was carrying the team um, so you'd like to see the home runs a little up. You'd like to see the on base. He had 262, which is not terrible. I'll take it, but um, I'm excited to see. You're right. I'm excited to see what Pete um is gonna do, you know, next year and for years to come. He's gonna yep. be, you know, I think you know, 950 OPS. I don't know, 900, 920 guy. You know, I definitely see that him being the Mets probably best offensive player for a while. Right. Um, all right. So you had Pete seven, my number seven. I is... know who the, I know who the guy is now. I, I know who the guy is. After okay. the list. My number seven is Joey Votto. I have him, uh, at seven, you know, I, I think you have him a little higher and Joey Votto yeah. had a little, little, little blast in the past this past year, you know, really kind of looked like he was 27 again and was putting up, I think he finished the year, what, 940 OPS, something like that. Uh, 3.6 F war, 140 WRC plus 406 X Woba. He was one of the best defensive first baseman, the MLB too, for a long time. Defense has tailed off a little bit, but yeah, I think, you know, if this was Joey Votto a couple years ago and he was doing this year after year, I'd obviously have him high on the list, but because of the past couple of years, um, I-, I like him at that spot at seven. Um, and we'll see if he could do it again this year. Yeah, um, a little higher on Joey Votto. Uh, I was almost a little uh, too high on Joey Votto, but I chilled out. So that that was seven, correct? Um, yes. Okay. So my number six is Paul Goldschmidt of the St. Louis Cardinals. You know, Paul Goldschmidt's always been a little underrated, but he's a very solid player, very solid first baseman, especially defensively. But he had a 4.9 war last year, 31 home runs, 99 RBIs. Nobody cares about RBIs anymore. <laughs> I still like RBIs. Um, I a 138, a 138 WRC plus uh, slugged 519. I mean, he was very, very good for the St. Louis Cardinals. One of their probably their best offensive player um, last year. I don't think that. No. I'm, yeah, he was. Tyler O'Neill, come on. All right, Tyler O'Neill may actually might have been the best yeah. offensive player. I'd have to look, but um, listen, I'm always a big fan of Paul Goldschmidt. And de- again, defensively, defensively he's always pretty solid, and he was solid again yet last year. And you know, there's a lot of great first basemen, so six might not, you know, my oh, it's I. No, he's six, right. but he's very good. Um, all right, 
here's my grand reveal of the guy that you don't have on your list. Um, and I, I honestly considered putting him higher, but I was like, no, nah, I'm getting too crazier. I got Brandon Belt of the San Francisco Giants as my number six first baseman in the MLB. That's if, not who I was going to guess. If you look, who was it then? It was, I was guessing Ty Vrance. Oh, God, no. If you look at Don't this guy's numbers. No, I, I, I considered him. If you look at Brandon Belt's numbers over, so he played 97 games this year, was having a great year, um, but unfortunately got cut short. He had some injuries. So then if you combine that with 2020, where he played 57 games over his last 148 games, that's a 5.2 war. He had a 158 WRC plus last year, a 406 X Woba. I think his OPS plus, I looked it up before. I believe it was like 160 last year. Yeah. Something crazy right. like that. You're right about that. Which is crazy because, you know, look at the ballpark he's playing. And first of all, that's not the best ballpark to play in. He had 29 home runs in 97 games last year. You know, that's over a 40 home run season easily if you scale that over 162 games. So, Brandon Belt, 975 OPS last year, 1,015 in 2020. I love this guy. One of the most underrated players in the MLB. I got him there. Yeah. That might have been a miss by me. Not going to lie to you. I think so. I mean, as I'm going through, you know, baseball reference and fan graphs, I don't see his name anywhere. But he did. He did miss a lot of time last year, to my credit. So, okay. Number five. I have to argue this one. I have Joey Votto. I wanted to put Joey Votto ahead of Freddie Freeman, but I couldn't do it. That's Joey Votto last season. Joey Votto last season, a 140 WRC plus, a 3.6 war, not as high, a 319 um, weighted on base average. I mean, he was great last year. Great. He got on base at, you know, his on base percentage was 375. Um, he slugged 563. He had 36 home runs. I really like Joey Votto, and I was I was going through it a couple of weeks ago, and I'm saying, is Joey Votto a Hall of Famer? Joey Votto is a first oh, ballot Hall yeah. of Famer. Yeah. Not even close. Joey Votto might, phenomenal. Joey Votto might be like a top 50 player of all time. He, yeah. He's so underrated. I believe his so OPS, underrated. his OPS, I believe, is like top 20 ever, which when yeah. you think about that, that's like, holy crap. You know, he's above some guys that you're going to be like, what he's above him. You know, I, I don't, I've looked at the list before and it's, it's crazy. Um, he's massively underrated all time. And he, and even this year, to be honest with you, last season, I mean, he looked at, yeah, really good. Um, so my number five is Paul Goldschmidt, who, um, you said before Paul Goldschmidt had a, Really good year last year. Um, probably actually not probably definitely his best year since he's been with St. Louis. Definitely. Um, so really like Paul Goldschmidt. I I guess you could say he was a little disappointing once he got to St. Louis. And his last year with Arizona, too, he was telling off a little bit because he was I think he should have won the MVP that year when McCutcheon won it. I remember that 2014 or whatever. Um Paul Goldschmidt has been one of the best players in the MLB over, you know, an eight-year period. And he has one of the best gloves at the position. So, I'm going with my boy Goldie at five. You like Goldie. Gold, Gold, I feel like it's you're, you're a big Freddie Freeman guy, but, but Goldie's always been your guy, too. Yeah. 
I like first baseman. I don't know why. I guess it's because I'm a big guy and I've played first base. But I don't know. It's weird. Big guy. Big guy. Big guy. All right. Number four, I've got your boy, your favorite non-Yankee, Freddie Freeman. Uh, I mean, do I even have to explain it? I mean, he's first of all, he's a fantastic human being. Yeah. I mean, he is my... I can't believe I'm saying this. He's one of my favorite players on the Mets, and he plays on one of my two least favorite teams in all of baseball. Uh, how can you not love the guy? He's, he, he's yeah, he's unbelievable. He had a um, let me do quick math here. He had about a 900 OPS last year, a little less, uh, 135 WRC plus, and four and a half F WAR. Um, again, not you know he's he's got a reliable glove at first base. Um, he hits for a higher average. Uh, yeah, he had, he had 300 last year. He was the MVP in you know the shortened season. Um, I love Freddie Freeman. And uh, number four, you know, might seem a little um, high on the list or low on the list, I should say, but it's perfectly rated there. He's that good. But there, are, there are three first basemen better than him. There are. Uh, I have Freddie Freeman four as well. Uh, don't really have to go over the numbers. You just explained it. Yeah. Love him. Favorite player in the MLB. Wanted to put him higher. Couldn't, though. Um, unfortunately, a little overrated, and I hate to say it, but he's a – I'm not knocking him. He's still – I'd want to have him on my team. He's an absolute stud. But for some reason, there's this conception around him that he's, like, a really good defensive first baseman, and that's not really true because he isn't. So – you know, that's really what drags them down. You know, when we talk about the war numbers, they're they're a little lower than you think because you're like, well, if this guy's a great defender and his offensive numbers are so good, why is his war not as high? And, you know, that's exactly what happens. His war, his war isn't high because of his defense. So I like Freddie at number four. Unfortunately, there are three better first basemen on him. Now. Don't, you, don't you cry about it. Um, All right, number three, I've got Max Muncie. Mm-hmm. For a while, Max Muncy looked like he was, you know, right. I mean, he was right involved in the NL MVP race, but he ended up getting hurt in 144 games. Last year, he had 36 home runs. He slugged at an impressive 527, a WRC plus of 140, and his F4 was 4.9. Yeah. Um, he He's played all over. He played mainly first base last year. Uh, listen, we're a very underrated player um, he is. and a fantastic offensive player. He can, and again, you know, he, he gives them the flexibility, you know I mean? He could play second base. If, if the Braves want to, you know, bring it into the lefty bat and go get Freddie Freeman, they can move Muncie over to second base. Yeah. Defensively, it might not be that great, but if they want to replace Seager's bat, they can go get Freeman because of Muncie's flexibility. But he was, when he's playing first, I mean, we saw last year, he was very dominant at the plate. Yeah, he's like a modern-day, you know, analytics person's dream because yeah. he's gets on base. He's a, the might be the best defensive first baseman in the MLB. His defensive metrics last year were phenomenal. Um, yeah, I also – I have a feeling that me and yours uh, top four is exactly the same because I have Max yeah. Muncy at number three. I was um, hoping you went Muncy at two. Yeah, I got him number three. The, the, the move I made right before the show – was I had him four and I had Freeman ahead of him, but then I was looking at it. I was like, no, I can't do that. Um, yeah, I like Muncie at three. Like I said, really good player. Gets on base a ton. Very good glove. Um, yeah, I don't think I need to explain it much more, honestly. Yeah. And um, 
you want to explain Matt Olson, you can. Matt Olson's uh, on yeah. two on my list, so he's yeah. two on yours too. So if you oh, want thanks. to do the, the Matt Olson explanation, yeah, Matt Olson. Uh, you know, hopefully his name comes up a little more on the podcast when he's wearing <laughs> pinstripes. That'd be nice. Um, yeah, number two first baseman in the league. Another guy who's a wizard with the glove. Really good. Uh, has the second highest WAR on this list at five last year. 146 WRC plus. I mean, the numbers are just outstanding. Um, you know, still a young guy too, has a lot of career ahead of him. And uh, he's really evolved as a player, honestly, because when he first came up, he was one of those low average swing for the fences guys, but he's really molded himself into just a really good overall player. I remember he was one of those guys when he came up, I think it was like three years ago or whatever, where he played like, 70 games but he hit like 24 home runs in those 70 games and he was like flying under the radar he had a ton of pop and you know it ended up working out yeah matt olson a potential yankee when the stupid lockout is over we will see but that should definitely be something there and they are interested so we'll see what happens he's gonna be on the mood i was I was right about the 24 home runs. He did it in 59 games. Oh, my. I think I remember, I remember this. Now. 189 at-bats. He had 24 home runs. Had a so thousand, what's that? 1,003 OPS. What's that? Um, What's that over 162? All right. So, Matt Olson played 156 games this year. He had 565 at-bats. So, let's just calculate that real quick. So, 24 divided by 189 times... 565 71.7 he, he would hit 72 home runs wow yeah he would have came close to the record yeah that's insane he wouldn't have broke it though no still must be nice you know injecting anything into your system barry bonds okay all right and number one pretty clear vladimir guerrero jr luke void yeah well what um <laughs> Nah. Do we even have to go over it? I mean, this guy's season last year, we, we spoke about it a lot, how it kind of sucked that his season was going to go under the radar because of Shohei Otani. But, he, you know, in any other season, he is a unanimous MVP yeah. with his with, with his offensive numbers, 48 home runs, uh, 401 on base percentage. He had a 1,000 OPS, um, a 166 WRC plus his F war was 6.7. Unbelievable season yeah. from Vlad. And listen, I hope he can repeat this because he's an exciting player and he's a scary at bat. Yeah. Runaway, runaway number one here. Maybe the one of the most obvious number ones we're going to have in the entire segments that we do. Yeah. Um, you know what I wasn't even thinking of? I guess we're going to do designated hitters or something, but, like, where, where when's Otani going to come up? Anyways, um, yeah, <laughs> Vlad, number one. Uh, unfortunately, he plays in the AL East. That's great. You know, we have Vlad Jr. add on top of that. Um, Wander Franco now. I, I really, really time. don't want to hear it. Yeah. So, I, <laughs> Bryce Harper, Ronald Acuna Jr., Juan Soto. Please, I don't want to hear mm-hmm. it. Um, well, yeah, you know, you know how great that division was last year. So, um, yeah, you're right. The, the last two world series champions out of it in right. a full season. Yeah. Good. Yeah. 
the Braves. Everybody knew they were the best team in the MLB last year. Uh, Anyways, um, all right. I think we explained enough. Uh, everybody knows how good Vlagaro Jr. is. I don't think anyone wants me to sit here and go on about him. So, to recap, to. my top 10, Yuli Gurriel, Jose Abreu, Pete Alonzo, Joey Votto, Brandon Belt, Paul Goldschmidt, Freddie Freeman, Max Muncy, Matt Olson, Vlad Guerrero Jr. And disrespectful to my boy Pete Alonso, by the way. Um, kidding. Uh, all right, here we go. Ten, Yuli Gurriel, Jared Walsh, CJ Cron. Is it Crone or Cron? Crone. Crone. Pete Alonso, Paul Goldschmidt, Joey Votto, Freddie Freeman, Max Muncy, Matt Olson, and Vlad Jr. That's the top ten first baseman. Next one, we doing second base next time. Yep. Oh, very nice. So um, we'll have Jeff McNeil at one, obviously, and oh, we'll yes. go from there. <laughs> All right. Very quickly in the NBA, Steph Curry broke Ray Allen's record for most three-pointers made. A very impressive record since he did it in um, 500 less games. Yeah. Uh, I'm a huge Steph Curry fan. I, You know, I, I've said on multiple occasions and got heat for it that I think he has past magic Johnson as the best point guard ever. And now people are starting to realize, okay, yeah. he's probably going to do it. No, to me, the best point guard ever. If I can have one to play on my team, it is Steph Curry. And I mean, he's, he's an unbelievable talent and good for him. I mean, he seems like a great guy and it couldn't happen to a better guy. I mean, he's got to be top five all time at this point. I mean, he's, especially he's getting there. Yes. Yeah. I mean, if we're saying he's better than magic too. And I, yeah. I think I agree with you there. I think he is. Um, you know, the guy literally just transcended the game. The three-point shot now is is even more – it's the po- most popular thing. It's the most popular it has ever been in the history of the NBA. You don't see guys pulling up from 35 feet, you know, 10, 15 years ago as much as you do now because of Steph Curry. Um, You know, the guys won multiple MVPs, unanimous MVPs, got multiple championships. Yeah, no doubt, absolute stud. Um, couldn't happen. He's a great guy. Um, and I, the Warriors, man, they're back. They are back in a big yeah. way. They're the best team in the NBA. I know the Suns have a little bit better of a record than them, but I mean, the last time they met, the Warriors beat them. Um, yeah, the Warriors are a force to be reckoned with again. Yeah, it's them and the Suns right now in the West and, and just in the whole league in general. I mean, the Nets, listen, they're playing well. Kevin Durant had an incredibly impressive performance today, a 35-point triple-double against the Raptors. And they he only just had scored guys. 50 the other day, didn't he? Yeah, he scored 50 on Sunday. You know, I, I, I asked this question to a few people today. I said, would you rather Kevin Durant or Steph Curry right now? And there's no wrong answer. I mean, yeah. if you tell me you want Kevin Durant, I say I want Steph Curry. Doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. You're getting two ultra two of the best, players. two of the best scorers of all time. Like, yeah. Literally. Imagine if you team those guys up. Oh yeah. <laughs> Could you imagine? That'd be crazy. <laughs> I wish we got to see more of that. Honestly. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I I saw enough just because yeah. they were so good. You know, nobody was gonna beat them. Nah. Nobody was going to beat oh, them, sure. so I, I was the you only know, you know the Raptors enough. did, and the, oh, why because of injuries, you know. If the, yeah, that team I mean, that me. doesn't that doesn't count. Yeah, I mean, good for the Raptors, but no, good, right? You know, I think everyone asterisks bit of a fluke. Asterisks. Um, the the New York Knicks are you know kind of a problem, but you know they, they're not good. They're not a good no. basketball team. 
No. They're just not. And I think last year had a lot to do with it because you played in front of empty arenas and, you know, you were a new team. You were a gritty team that played defense. You had a lot of young guys that bought in, you know, guys on one-year contracts that bought in. And now you, you sign Evan Fournier, who was a turnstile on defense. Yeah. And offensively, he hasn't been great. You bring in Kemba Walker, which again, you know, we, we thought for whatever reason, when you, you know, when you replaced Reggie Bullock with Evan Fournier and you replaced Alfred Payton with Kemba Walker, oh my God, the offense. Yeah. But that's not what the Knicks were built on. Yes. They needed better offensive players, but you had guys really playing defense, playing hard. And that was the identity of the team. And it's not the identity of the team right now. And that's why they're losing games. It's not. And I'll tell you one, maybe the biggest problem they have is their new four year, hundred, $17 million man or whatever it is. Julius Randle yeah. has been playing horrible. I mean, if you look at his season totals now, the guy's averaging 19 points per game, shooting 42% from the field. You know, th- those are not numbers that you would want after the contract that you gave him. And, you know, when you look at his season last year compared to this one, his points are down by five a game. Uh, thank you, basketball reference, for an advertisement in the middle of me reading it. Um, no, please. And his three-point percentage is down 9%. I mean, he shot 41% from three last year. So. He, thinks he's, he thinks he's Steph Curry shooting three. I don't yeah. know why he thinks he can do this. I don't know. So, yeah, the Knicks are in trouble, man, because this is not – we're not in November anymore. We're not in October. This is, you know, we're starting to get into the middle of the season, really. There were almost 30 games in. And you're 12 and 14 or 12 and – what, 12 and 16? What is it? I think so. 13 and 12 16, and 16, 12 yeah. in the Eastern conference. You're on a four game losing streak. You're two and eight in your last 10. So not good at home. No, not far from bing bong. No, Oh God. You know that, that might've like cursed them. And you know, that's another yeah. thing. That thing, the side law, the, the side talk was like hilarious before the bing bong. Like all that stuff was awesome. Yeah. The bing bong thing blew up. And then the Joe Byron and all that. Stuff. And it's funny. But now it's the most annoying thing. Like, when I when I hear that video, I like I want to throw my phone through a wall. Because how many it's, times? How many times it's overkill, it? but it's funny. I love it. Uh, it I don't, I, I'm, t- I'm so tired of it. I'm so tired of it. I love it. I, I love it. No, you know what I really like? These girls that are going out there and looking for him. And they found the, the right. You know, the um, Joe Byron guy and yeah. taking videos with him. It's hilarious. It's great. They do a good job, those kids, side talk. Uh, NY. No, they the two, do. The two NY, I think NYU or something like that. Yeah. Two school in the city. The kid, the one of them, he started when he was like 15 or something. Yeah. It's been around. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, they're going to so, have a lot of money. I'm sure they already do. Yeah, definitely. And, um, I think that's it. I mean, I think we got through everything. Yep. Well, the Nets, yeah. we just had to talk about the Nets for a little bit. Um, you know, Kyrie might be coming back. Right. There we go. Who knows about that? Um, I hope so. Uh, do I hope so? I really don't want to see the Nets do anything, honestly. I love KD, but I don't I'm not the biggest Harden guy. I'm not Kyrie, I don't like so. Uh, but they're I playing guess, well. I guess they're for KD, very well. I'll, I'll root for him. They are playing well. Um, yeah, you, you think you are you buying into it? Do you think he's coming back? Um, yes, I think he'll come back. 
Um, when? I think he realized that his life right now kind of sucks because he's not doing what he was meant, right. you know, to do. I mean, no offense, Kyrie, you weren't put on this planet to be some, you know, motivational guy, this, you know, activist. You were not put on this planet to do that. You were put on this planet to play basketball, and you're very good at it. Go on the floor, go back, no, and give it KD. Don't, don't start walking in the shut up and dribble territory No, I'm not. Right I'm not. But listen, he is a fantastic player. He's very close with Kevin Durant. And I feel like Kevin Durant is going to end up convincing him to come back. They've been talking a lot more now. So I, I think um, I think he'll be back. Yeah, I think he will too. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I think for Kyrie, it's got to come to a point where, you know, you believe in something, believe in it, but – you know, at one point, this is your profession, and if you got to bite the bullet on something and and come to come back, and I know he cares passionately about the vaccines or whatnot, but at the same time, this is your profession. You know, you 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 come to the NBA, you want to win championships. Um, so at at some point, I'm sure he's going to come to the, that realization and be like, all right, enough is enough. Uh, I mean, let's get political, but I thought, you know, anybody that didn't get the shop, you know, and lost their job because of it, I think those people are crazy. But right. that's just my opinion. Um, So, you know, it, it is what it is. I think he will come back. And, you know, for the game of basketball, I think it'll be a good thing. I think everybody wants to see the Nets in full swing. We saw it for a glimpse last year, but still, we want to see the Nets full strength everybody this big three and see see what they can do i completely agree and maybe we are getting to that point very soon but we are at the point here where we are done we've gotten through everything and it is late it is late we will talk to you guys next next week please look at our social media pages and we are going to have our power rankings up on instagram for the nfl for um, right before week 15 so we will talk to you guys next time yep